What's good, everybody? This is Daniel with Apical Texas and Travis Conley. We have been requested to do some fun stuff. So we do some of the long-form podcast, and we wanted to do some fun stuff peppered in. They're just absolutely random questions uh, that are interesting and compelling, and some apply to, vin- to them apply to vines, and some don't. So we're going to get this off, and we're going to make it short and sweet, and we're going to go back and forth. So kind of a... Uh, Ping pong. What's the old Atari? Man, what was that pong? Where you... Yeah, just pong. Yeah, we're just going to pong back and forth. So, Travis, what's your first question? First question for you. So, like, out working in the vineyards you know, mm-hmm. all the time, you get back at the end of the day, uh, tired, just want to mm-hmm. relax. Wine or beer? Uh, in the summer, it's beer. In the winter, it's wine. <laughs> yeah, temperature dependent? Yeah, temperature dependent. How about that? Yeah, yeah. All right, well, then I'll start with, let's parlay into that. You're going to a desert island. You can only take one beer. What beer are you taking? <laughs> oh, I'm going to get, like, I'm going to get hell over it. Uh, you know, probably Michelob Ultra. <laughs> wow. But but you didn't specify quantity. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> so, so, like, I mean, I'd like to have some of the craft beers or something like that. But if I'm like truly stranded on the desert island, I'm just going to have it all the time. Like mm-hmm. just, you know, I'm going to be trying to figure out how to build a raft, do all this type of stuff to get me out of there. Okay. Right? All right. So, so I just want that beer that's easy to drink. Don't have to worry about it. It's not got to, you know, I'm not going to sure. have to worry. I'm not going to worry about my weight as much or anything <laughs> like, you know, I got to still be buoyant, but just give me the Michelob Ultra. It'll be easy, you know easy drink and don't have to worry about too much like some of the craft beers i like like some of the real ale stuff um mm-hmm. but you know and you get in the ipa but you know if i'm on the desert island i gotta i gotta be free and easy all yeah. right well folks you heard it here if you find <laughs> travis on a desert island or you find him in a let's say a random random bar throughout texas <laughs> nicolove ultra apparently is the choice. all right so what do you have next for me Okay, next question for you. Uh, let's say, so what's what's your $9 bottle of wine, a $19 mm-hmm. bottle of wine, and a $99 bottle of wine? You know, so you can, you can name them out or kind of yep. just say red or whites or either one. But what, so what's the $9, 19 99 What's the go-to and what is it you're looking for? Okay. Um, if it's sub 10 bucks, I'm probably going South America, like Chile, Argentina, um, especially like Argentina Malbec. I think, I don't know. I don't know how they do it. There's some incredible $10 wines that come out of South America that I'm sure they won't be $10 eventually. Um, but I think they're just way, way, way undervalued. You know, I think they over-deliver. Um, so probably an Argentina Malbec if it's 10 bucks or less. Uh, 20 bucks or less, so let's call it the $19 space. Look, that's kind of the sweet spot. Maybe my Gallo colors are showing. You know, I think... Some of those products like a Louis Martini Sonoma County Cabernet that's probably that $19, $20 price point, I think punches above its price point weight all day long. Um, and something like a La Crema Pinot Noir as well are just, I don't know, man, mm-hmm. they've just hit the sauce and figured out how the sweet spot for that. I think those are great products. Um, when it comes to Texas stuff, that's probably, I don't know, there's not much Texas wine 
know, Yano operates in that sub $10 price point and they're awesome wines. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a ton of Texas wine out there, you know, for 20 bucks, mm-hmm. especially lots of the whites, lots of the rosés that are in that price point from Texas standpoint. Uh, when we talk about an expensive bottle of wine, I'm actually going to go above 99. I'm going to go, I think this wine was 150 bucks. It's one of the best ones I've had in recent memory. Um, Ashes and Diamonds there in Napa has a low alcohol cab solve that um, I think it's like 12.5% alcohol. And they picked it a couple different times. Uh, don't quote me on this, but Steve Matthias does all their viticulture stuff. And we used to do some work with him. And I think they picked it at like, I don't know, 21 bricks, 23 and a half bricks, and then like 25 bricks. And mm-hmm. it was kind of this more European table wine, Cabernet, lower alcohol, um, super drinkable. I mean, that was a 2015, I believe. And we were drinking that in 2018 in the spring. Yeah. And just, I don't know, it's one of the best Cabernets I've had. But my palate's more European and, um, you know, and more kind of those drinkable wines. But yeah, that was a $150 yeah. wine that I would... I would definitely buy again. I bought yeah. several of those. I should have bought a case, but I didn't feel like spending sixteen hundred dollars on it. But or so, whatever, eighteen hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, if I had a chance again and I had eighteen hundred dollars in my pocket for wine, I'd buy that wine. I'd buy a case of that. Cool, cool. Uh, all right. So next question for you, Travis Timpernio. Overrated? Underrated? Properly rated. Ooh, fence sitting. All right, fair enough. I, <laughs> I'm telling you. No, I, d- mm, it's probably overrated. Um, probably a little bit overrated. It's got a lot of challenges in the in the vineyard uh, yeah. for growing it. And, you know, High Plains is a little bit got – it's got some more challenges. Uh, Hill Country, it's a little bit better uh, acclimated to grow there. Um, but – you know, from my perspective in the hill country, uh, growing Tempranillo, yeah, it's properly rated. Okay. I think it's a great. I think it's. I think it's an awesome grape to grow. In terms of like it, it's. It's not the easiest to manage. It's not the hardest to manage. Yeah. I like. I like what it does, and you know the blocks that we were growing produce some gold medal wines. Nice. So, uh, so properly so, rated. So that's uh, properly rated. I sure wouldn't want to underrate it uh, any more than that. So, okay. Fair enough. What you got next? Uh, let's see. So you're talking about your palate just a second ago, mm-hmm. wine tasting. Did you have like an aha moment when you first got into wine or was it like love at first taste? Neither. <laughs> Neither. I, I didn't drink wine hardly any at all. I listen, man. I'll make it. I'll make this story quick. I got involved in grapes in the high plains, you know, in college. I knew jack squat about wine. You know, the fa- the fanciest places in Lubbock was the Funky Door. It just opened up, and I don't know, was it, uh, mm-hmm. not La Serena, but anyways, whatever used to be there, Cactus Alley. And, you know, my wife and I go have like some pasta and and wine. But right before I went to go to work for Gal, I was like, crap, man. I gotta, I gotta go. I flew out to California for a job interview. I'm like, man, we gotta taste all this stuff. So I went to the, I don't know, you know, not Docs. I went to Specs or whatever it was, and I bought like 15 Gallo wines because I'd never had all that stuff, right? And we're just tasting yeah. through all these 15 wines, trying to figure out do I like this brand or not before I go yeah. into that job interview. So, I mean, it's something that I've fallen in love with over the time, but you know, it definitely wasn't love at first sight, or it wasn't any for love at first taste, or there was no aha moment. It's just been, yeah. it's just grown over time for me. Cool, cool. Yep. 
All right, Travis, you have two weeks of free time, unadulterated free time, no responsibilities, no anything. You can build your own island in the vineyard with your Michelob Ultra. <laughs> and you have two weeks of free time, 100% dedicated to explore any topic you want. What's the topic you want to sit there and park on for two weeks in a vineyard right now? Oh, man. Two weeks, and I get to become like an expert in that one topic. Well, like, that's... you don't have to become an expert. You just you can sit there and explore anything in the vineyard that you want. Give me like one thing that you would really try and explore in the vineyard more. So what, what I would want to do would be like all the soils pits in every block all over the place. That's what I'd want to do. Okay. What I would need to do. Uh, so what I, if I had the two weeks, I would do what I need to do, not necessarily what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I would try to explore every aspect of the plant physiology that I could. Okay. So like the nutrient uptake, how that, you know, what, what happens when the nutrient, you know, nutrients get, taken up by the plant mm -hmm. and how it's functioning in that plant. Got like, it. so if I could like just become like a little, you know, uh, potassium ion and then like figure like that's like, that's what I'm going to do in my two weeks off. I'm going to become a little potassium ion. I'm going to go get in the soil and I'm going to wait for a plant to come take me up and take me for the ride. See what's happening all season long. I love this. But, so, I mean, that's what I want to figure out. But if I had two weeks, I would try to figure out, uh, you know, what, what can I do to better understand that plant physiology and that uptake of what's happening, uh, fertility wise, whenever it does it. Yeah. That sounds pretty what, cool. I'm buying that. Okay. What you got next? Uh, next, next one. So favorite month in the vineyard. So basically it's asking like, what's your favorite time in the vineyard? You got your pruning, you got your, you know, early season, your fruit set, your harvest, your, your post harvest. Yeah. I mean, if I have to pick one, it's the day after harvest is done. Right. <laughs> I mean, cause yeah. that's the, the entire cycle is completed and we've done everything that we can to deliver absolutely amazing grapes to all our winemaking partners so that they can hopefully go in, you know, gold medals, double gold medals, you know, and all the accolades. Um, yeah. There's this moment for me, you know, and I, I don't know if it's just because I've done a, a lot of tons and, you know, long, long, long harvest, um, you know, in California, but the day after the last pick, like everything, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's yeah. like, it's like the birds are popping around singing and yeah. <laughs> I don't know, for me, that's the yeah. day. You actually like pull your nose up off that grindstone yeah. and you're just like, oh my, yeah, I can enjoy that. That was, that's my answer too. Okay. favorite month in the vineyard is Whatever month the grapes are off the vine. Nice. You know, then I can start breathing. Yep. Easy. All right. So we'll do another interesting wine minerality, that term, right? Um, you know, mm -hmm. the wine's very, got these mineral notes, this kind of chalky limestone notes. Are those, is that term wine minerality overused or underused in your opinion, Travis? I believe it's overused in the sense that uh, we, we use, I hear people talk about it. It's mm -hmm. one of those things um, that I think is... It's kind of a buzzword. Is, it's a buzzword. We talk about the minerality. So it's overused in that sense um, because it's underused in its actual understanding. Wow. <laughs> I, and that's probably like this. Yeah, this we're going to nickname Travis, Mr. Dr. Fenster. 
<laughs> See, I thought that was be like getting off the fence and like actually taking a stand yeah, for listen, something. You leaned both ways, right? You stuck one foot yeah. off one side and one foot off the other. You're still sitting on the fence, but you're not like. So, so I'm saying we're overusing it because we underuse the, the actual like interpretation of it. Got it. Right. So like the minerality in this, in the soil is, is very complex. Yeah. Like even whenever you just get like a soils, it's like mixed super active thermic paleostyle. That's what it says in the soils uh, series. You know, whenever you like a Amarillo soil series mm-hmm. or what, whatever you get is like, well, that mix super active, all that smectitic, ther- you know, kaolinitic, like all these different minerals and if we understood what that meant in terms of like that is the minerality that's going on it's derived from the you know parent material of whatever the source that deposited that soil right well, we're not talking about what the actual minerality is mm-hmm. we're just saying that we have minerality in there okay so, well, yeah. so we so, touched it but travis wants a deeper conversation regarding yeah because like I mean, I didn't, I didn't take stinking x-ray diffraction in the chemistry department to figure out what minerals were present in the soil <laughs> to say, like, the minerality's good. Right. <laughs> I was like, you know, I was just like, I, like I, I still don't understand what I was looking at all these years later whenever I was doing it. And we were just trying to figure out what minerals are present. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think that we can, like, those things can be quantified. Okay. To some degree. Got it. All right. So, what's your final question for me? Fine, final question for you. I saved the I saved the uh, the best one for last. I I, I hope it, it at the very least. So, hopefully, it's not too much of a loaded question either, or when you get in trouble for answering. Yeah. But so, in your opinion, mm-hmm. who drives the Texas wine industry? Is it a consumer? Is it a winery? Or is it the wineries? Is it the vineyards? Go. I think right now it's mm-hmm. nobody. Yeah. I think what I would hope that would happen would be that it's driven more so by the growers. So we have, I work with, I don't know, about 65 varieties right now. Like I need that list to be half over the next decade. I need it to come down to by about 50% to where it's actually manageable. And I think we can, we've done all the work to get the experimental stuff of like, Hey, let's try this. Let's try that. Let's try this. The next phase for my money is, okay, no more experimentation, focus on, you know, lowering the peaks and valleys, the deltas between the sine wave and try and be mm-hmm. more consistent over time because that's when we'll start to win awards. So it's fine survival, you know, vine happiness first, then we can start to focus on quality. So I think, I think in some instances we try and put the quality horse before the, you know, survival cart. And in reality, like, this stuff has to survive first and it's got to be happy and it's got to be thriving. So I would hope that it's grower first. Um, but right now I think it's anybody's guess, you know, I yeah. mean, we're just throwing stuff at the wall, you know, but I think we have to, right. So. Yeah, I think we have to. And I think like, you know, kind of the, the, the crux of asking that question is like, well, you know, we're all kind of in this business to make some money also. Right. So it's like, if the consumer's not buying what you're you know, putting out there, are they the ones ultimately driving the cart? Or is it, hey, we put the product out there. There is no other Texas product. So we get to determine what it is. And, you know, I don't know if it's ch- chicken and the egg, but I think it's a, I think it's one of those really interesting, uh, like, dynamic questions. I think it's all that, egg. Uh, 
And I, the, yeah. the thing that I always go back to, and this, uh, this is what I'll leave you with, you know, mm-hmm. you go to the grocery store and you look at, you look at almonds, right? Almonds have blown up. There's almond milk. There's wasabi flavored almonds. There's ranch flavored almonds, right? There's almond mm-hmm. butter. Nobody 10 years ago was like, had a session group and was like, you know what? They have a session group in San Francisco and they get a bunch of hippies together and you say, you know what's missing in the product market space? Wasabi flavored almonds and almond milk. That's really what we need to do. No. They planted yep. way too many almonds. Way too many almonds. And all of a sudden we're like, <laughs> crap. What do we do with those almonds? Well, we can make it in milk. Oh, we can make them wasabi flavored. Okay, great. So yeah. It really, to me, is an egg question, you know, of like, what does best here? You know, and I think when I say we put the quality horse, you know, everybody's like, oh, we can't do Pinot, we can't do Riesling, right? We can't do any of those things. And I say, are you sure about that? Like, yeah. are are we real sure that that's not the case? Because High Plains is cold semi-arid. So, you know, that's why I think it's an egg thing, but I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll get a little flack for that. But that's, you know, that's, that's my bend and my bias is is grow sure. first and making sure that, that that portion works because if we wind up with dead vineyards and we wind up with dead fruit, like none of this works. It doesn't matter, right? We're going to have to go all buy goat juice. We'll have to all buy juice from California. Yeah. Okay. Travis, absolute mm-hmm. final question. You and your wonderful wife, Rebecca, can have dinner with anybody from any time in history, dead, alive, or fictional. We'll even go fictional. <laughs> in the vineyard, you can have a nice sunset dinner. You know, some Michelob Ultra, um, <laughs> some barbecue. Who would you pick? Who would you want sitting there at the table with yourself and Rebecca? I knew answering Michelob Ultra was going to give me a hard time, but I thought I it was—I thought it was going to yeah. be from somebody else other than other than Sorry. you. Sorry, but you know, I guess I'll take it. Um, yeah. So, you know, it was really like I got to keep the answer short. Mm-hmm. I'm not. It, I'm going with uh, somebody that I think would be really wonderful to have visit your vineyard. And it was somebody that I got to know for a very brief period of time that has, you know, has passed on since, but uh, he was a professor of soil science here at Texas tech, Dr. BL, Dr. BL Allen. So we were just talking about the mineral, the minerality, all this stuff. So Dr. Allen uh, was a professor here at tech for, I don't know how many years, 30, 40 years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he would be like the godfather of soils on the high plains, uh, but also just Texas in general. And I would love to have him come out and he could talk about this minerality in the wine. Like nobody knew the soils in the high plains of Texas any better. Yeah. And he was this source that was here. And uh, I would love to go out because he would understand all the fertility, all the, all the physics, the, the um, most importantly, the minerality. <laughs> and uh, if I could, and he would love to sit there and drink the wine. Too. Okay. Okay. So he had, a, I think uh, at, at, by the, by the point in time I was coming on for my graduate degree, he had already retired, but he was on my committee, but there's some, some pretty legendary s- stories about how he would like to uh, kind of sit around and smoke a cigar and have mm-hmm. some fun. And, and, but you know, it, you'd always be talking about soils, but he was the most <laughs> most infectious and contagious person when you talk about it. He really, truly loved it and enjoyed it. And that's kind of where I get some of my passion from. That's one of the reasons why I really came to tech yeah. uh, to get my get my PhD. 
And little did I know I was going to be getting into the vineyards and yeah. all that type of soils. And I sure didn't think I was ever going to be able to find a way to make a living digging soils pits. Yeah. Um, but uh, looks like looks like there's there is that need for it, and um, especially out there in the vineyards. And he would be the one person I'd want to take out, have a soils pit, and then like a picnic table on the other side. Right on. What's yeah. it? What's the spell that again? Doctor B L Allen. B L so, so Bravo yeah. Lima. Got yeah, it. yeah. So Doctor Allen. Uh, I would I would really enjoy that. We'll have to look some stuff up and we'll throw it in show notes and things like that. Some of those research papers. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Right on, man. Well, I hope that was fun for you guys. A little bit of fun for today and uh, break up some of our long-winded, deeper dives <laughs> that we have. So yeah. we'll see you guys around. You'll take it easy. Thanks again, Travis. Yep. Thank you. Easy.